Good morning, Four Oaks Church, Tuesday, February 27th. So glad that you've joined us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. We are trekking through the Gospel of Matthew. So we are in Matthew 17, and we're going to be in verses 1 through 20, no, I'm sorry, 1 through 13. And of course, yesterday, we sort of framed this passage out. We looked at the context. We looked at some of the questions that we think are going to be important to try to answer and work through as we interpret this text. And so I refer you to, to that session from yesterday. So I won't rehearse that again, except just to, to read the passage and, and start diving in. So here we go. Matthew 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice with the cloud from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the, the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, Then why do the scribes say the first, that first Elijah must come? And he answered, Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. So one of the things that we mentioned yesterday is the connection of this passage with what's just come before it particularly in verse 28 of chapter 16, where Jesus says, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations of that. But for those who think that Jesus um, is referring here to what happened six days later on the Mount of Transfiguration, I think a, a strong, compelling case can be made that in fact, that is true. I'm not saying that's the only interpretation, but I think it's a viable interpretation in light of what we see here. So let's look back at the text. It tells us they go up to a high mountain. And it says he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Then if you skip down, um, it says that there was a voice that he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And they fell on their faces and were terrified. Okay, so when we think about this passage and what's being described, remember, this is actually a very Jewish passage. It's a very Jewish passage because this idea of, and of course, Matthew was a Jew, all the disciples were a Jew, Matthew was writing to Jewish Christians, that when they heard this about 
there was a mountain and there was a cloud and there was a voice speaking and there was glory being shown, what would they have immediately thought about? They clearly, obviously, would have thought about the incident with Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 34. So, so turn back there. This is one of the passages I encourage you to go explore, and of course, which I, which I know you do. Well, no, you did. Um, so 34, I'm so, what we want to say, see here, let me find the right place. Okay, so, so verse, at the end of 33, um, God, Moses asked God, 33:18, to show me your glory, okay? And out of that, God speaks to Moses. He says, I will make all my goodness pass before you and proclaim before you my name, the Lord. So this is a pivotal passage in the Old Testament because God is revealing himself again as Yahweh, that he is the covenant-keeping God, that he is uh, the Lord over the Israelites, and that he is, um, through Moses, his servant, he is revealing his, his glory to Moses. Now, he's not revealing it in the same way to all the people of Israel. They would be consumed. Moses is sort of the mediator. So, so look down at the end of um, verse um, chapter 34, and listen to the language that's used here. Okay, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, and as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking to God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Now, as you continue to read that passage, you realize one of the reasons they put a veil over his face um, was because the glory of the Lord shone so brightly to him. It reflected off off his face. His face absorbed it. They had to put a, a veil over his face. Now, that's interesting, okay? Because here, this is someone, God's chosen servant, who is communing with the Lord. The Lord is showing him his glory. Um, now, he's having to hide Moses in the cleft of the rock, right? And um, Moses is having to intercede on behalf of the people, okay? And they have to put a veil over his face because the people were not able to gaze upon Moses's face, okay? That's the context. Now, go back to Matthew 16. If you are a Jew and you are reading, hearing about the transfiguration especially with the idea that Moses is there on the Mount of Transfiguration, and we'll we'll come back to him tomorrow, talk about him and Elijah. I think it would have been very clear to the people what is being done here, that God is revealing himself through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God incarnate. And as part of the confirmation of who Jesus is, he is being glorified by his Father. He is being transfigured. And it's hard to know exactly what this means, but clearly 
It says his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. This might be something similar to his post-resurrection appearance, right? But this is something where Jesus is, re and here's the key, is being re revealed to be something wholly other than simply mere man. Yes, he is man, but he's so much more than simply man. He is also God, because it is only God who shines with glory. It is only God who, um, who, who can speak audibly over a mountain and a people, which is what God is doing here. In every way, what is Matthew showing us? Matthew is showing us that as part of this identity of Jesus being the Christ, the Son of the living God, he is actually Yahweh. He is actually the Lord. He is actually um, God in flesh incarnate, revealed. Okay, so so that's really the heart of what's of what's happening here. Now, do we have confirmation from other parts of Scripture? that this is indeed happening, that, that Jesus is in fact God incarnate, that he is in fact God glorified, I think we do. So turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And listen to what Paul says. And we're going to read a couple passages, one from 2 Corinthians 3 and then one from chapter 4. Verse 7, chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of his glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Okay, um, He's saying all of this that happened with Moses was just a, a prefigure of what was going to happen with Jesus Christ. Okay? That, that he came down with, um, with the Ten Commandments on stone, um, received the glory of God. People could not gaze on his face, okay? Um, and, and, and what Paul is saying is that that was just a pointer to what was going to happen with Jesus Christ. And of course, the transfiguration in chapter 17 of Matthew, this is in fact what's being lived out. Now further, and I think this is fascinating, okay? Look down at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, Paul says, verse 2, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Now listen to this. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing, here it is, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we proclaim, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, now, do you see how the transfiguration is the pivot point for all this? God revealed his glory on Mount Sinai to Moses, but the glory was so powerful that people could not gaze upon, not only could they not gaze upon the glory of God, they could not gaze, even gaze on Moses' face, which reflected this glory. Moses had to wear a veil. Jesus 
now reveals himself is revealed as Yahweh, the same God. He is glorified. But what's different now? The disciples see him face to face. They're not hidden in the cleft of the rock. Jesus doesn't have to wear a veil. They see Jesus with unveiled faces. They see the face of Jesus, okay? And Paul says this is all in accordance with the fact that Jesus is not merely man. He is also the Son of God, glorified by God. And now, by the gift of God's grace and the gospel, we can look at Jesus with unveiled faces. We can see the glory of God. And of course, this is because Jesus is not only revealed himself as God, but he's also our Savior. He's also our mediator. He also died on the cross for our sins. Okay, So going back to Matthew 16, this is the heart of the passage. Jesus is being revealed as the one true God. I mean, that's pretty astounding, right? And this was such a precious knowledge. This was such a sacred knowledge um, that Jesus invited Moses and Elijah to join him on that mountain in his glorified state to have a conversation. And we have to ask, what is that about? Well, we'll get to it tomorrow. But for now, just revel, Four Oaks, glory in the fact that we can, need, we can now see God, Jesus, with unveiled faces because of Jesus. We can see God with unveiled faces because Jesus has, as God, has come to us and has made a way for us to know him. All right, so that's it for today. We're going to pick it back up tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Lord, would you give us a glimpse of your glory today? Would you remind us who you are? May we gaze and look upon your face. And gazing, not, not walk away, forget what we look like, but, but walk away with a full knowledge of who you are in your glory. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.